Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. We're going to close today our series on extraordinary things done by ordinary people. We call them heroes, just ordinary folks that have done extraordinary things. And it was amazing to see how God could use anybody, anywhere, from any background to do something significant when God was in it. We're going to close today by talking about, well, what is a real hero? What defines a hero? And what's the difference in a hero and a celebrity? Big difference. We'll look at that in a minute. But first, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning to touch every person sitting here and watching online. Those with a heavy heart, those that have suffered loss, we pray for your comfort upon them right now. For those undergoing a physical infirmity or pain of some kind, we rebuke that infirmity or pain in the name of Jesus by whose stripes we are healed. We command the pain to stop. And those that are troubled, those that are anxious, those that are depressed, those that are full of worry or fear, we define peace over them right now in Jesus' name. We command that mind to be at peace in Jesus and still. Now, Holy Spirit, bless your word. May it bring encouragement to every heart. And may our lives never be the same as we leave your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good to see you. Some of you are looking really good. Come on, I'm playing with you. You know that. Psalms 101, verse 6. David says, I will make the godly of the land my heroes. We all need heroes. Heroes shape our lives. Heroes define our character. Heroes help clarify what we value. So without them, we're kind of adrift in the world. Everybody needs heroes in life. That's why David said, I will make the godly of the land my heroes. Dr. Fred Smith wrote, heroes are the personification of our ideals. They are the embodiment of our highest values. They are the stars that guide us upward. A society writes its diary by naming its heroes. So, so do we do that as individual people. The Mayo Clinic, as most of you know, receives so many applicants from young doctors who want to serve there, they simply can't take them all. So in order to separate the good from the great, Dr. J.C. Kane came up with one question for all applicants. Tell me who your heroes are. He said it was the best clue to their values and their character. Pretty interesting thought. Now, most people confuse heroes with celebrities, but they are not the same. World Almanac asked 2,000 eighth graders to name their heroes. Every single kid named either an entertainer or a sports star. But those aren't heroes. They're celebrities. Celebrities make a big splash. They're all over the cover of every magazine. But heroes make a big difference. Celebrities are about image and fame. Heroes are all about character, service, and sacrifice. Somebody said, when small men cast long shadows, 
you can know the sun is setting on a culture. Boy, has that proven to be true. Our culture has many, many celebrities, but not near enough heroes. Now, you've probably never thought of yourself as hero material, but you're wrong, because you are. See, our world desperately needs heroes. So I'm going to look at what the Bible says are three main characteristics of real heroes. You know, being a hero is a choice. So anybody in this room, anybody watching online, you can, you can make it. What does it take? Three things. Number one, real heroes stand up and stand alone for what's right. They're willing to stand alone for what's right. They buck the crowd. They're willing to swim upstream. They're not moved by public opinion. If the cause is right, you'll never find a real hero going the same way as a crowd. That's what makes them a hero. They reject tradition. They buck the majority. They're willing to stand alone for what is right. And do we live in a stupid, crazy, turned upside down, bat nuts culture today? We don't know what a female is or what a male is. And if you dare to say what one is, then you're a radical or some extremist. No, I'm a biologist. That's it. I can tell the difference. I'm not dating a question mark. I'm dating a woman, a female. I, I told somebody, if you ever hear I ran off with the money, pray for me. If you ever hear I ran off with, with a woman, pray for me. But if you ever hear I ran off with a man, it's a lie. I did put an adjective in that lie. There are just some things that are not even reasonable to think about. And we don't dislike anybody, of course. But, I mean, get a brain and be sensible. Don't go with a culture that's lost its mind. Martin Luther King says, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Oh, is that true? See, heroes choose to do heroic things. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8, describes one of David's mighty men, Shammah. It says, once during an attack, when all Shammah's men deserted him, he stood alone at the center of his field and beat back the Philistines, and God gave him a great victory. Notice, he stood alone. That's the heart of a hero. Everybody cut loose and ran. He stood firm and defeated the adversary. Now, I doubt if any of you are going to have to fight in a war this week, but you are going to face other kind of battles, ethical battles, moral battles, you know, challenges and temptations on your integrity. How are you going to handle those battles that come against everybody? Are you willing to stand alone for what's right, or will you go with the crowd? Exodus 23 gives us God's view, verse 2. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Hello. See, you, you can join any group you want, any club you want, any civic group you want, any political party you want, but if it does something wrong, will you say so? Because you'll be slapped down. I don't care if you're conservative or uh, a liberal. You'll be slapped down by your crowd if you buck the crowd. Even though it's clearly unbiblical and, and wrong, if you dare to speak about it, they demand that you give 100% approval to anything they come up with. So I can't, fit, I can't fit in a group or a party. I won't fit. I won't be quiet. If it's clear scripture and it's wrong, I'm going to say something. Well, there you go. You're going to lose a few friends. You just can't make everybody happy. Well, you can if you sell ice cream, but you can't. 
if you, if you decide to think and make a right choice. So the crowd is often wrong. Every week you get opportunities to demonstrate character. Maybe when others are ripping off the company and you choose not to. Or they come in late, leave early, you choose not to. That's kind of standing alone. Or everybody's doing drugs at school, getting drunk on a weekend, and you say, I refuse to be part of that. And you you walk away. Are you willing to stand alone? Or do you have to have everybody blowing sunshine into your face approving you? I'm going to tell you something. Not many, not many are willing to stand alone. When you see something wrong, will you take action? If you see somebody being abused out outwardly, will you, will you say something, do something? Most people won't. You can be mugged in New York on a street corner, and 52 people will walk right by. Never do a thing. See, the truth is, everybody in this room, we all have a deep desire for acceptance, to fit in. We all want to belong. We all want to be loved. We all want to be liked. Even Dean Martin knows you're nobody till somebody loves you. Come on. Come on. Because that need is so great in a human being, Satan's number one tool in your life is often peer pressure. So do I have the guts to stand alone and say that's not right while everybody else is doing the wrong thing or believing the wrong thing? Or will I just keep my mouth shut? See, sometimes silence isn't golden. It's just plain chicken yellow. So we live in a culture that doesn't value truth. Now, when Scripture's silent, your opinion is as good as mine. Your conscience is as good as mine. But when Scripture is clear, that is the defining truth. That's it. That's, those are my rails, my boundaries to live a successful life. Heroes are not afraid to stand alone for what's right. So are you. Am I? If I don't tell somebody the truth, I won't help them at all. It'd be like a doctor telling me I only have mumps when I've got stage four cancer. See, don't let any magazine set your style or fashion or tell you what's acceptable or unacceptable. Don't get your business ethics from the world. Psalms chapter 40, verse 4 in the Message Bible says, Blessed are you who give yourselves over to God, who turn your backs on the world's sure thing and ignore what the world worships. That's a rare person. And what does the world worship? Five things, money, sex, glamour, power, and fame. Now, by themselves, there's nothing wrong unless you give your life to them because they're all temporary. They don't last. Even Scripture talks about beauty being fading. Anybody look in the mirror lately? It ain't only faded, it's blacked out for some. Okay. Don't invest your life trying to get something that isn't going to last. Remember, life is preparation for eternity. You're going to spend more time on the other side of death than on this side. So this life is preparation for the next. So if you live as though this is all there is in life and your entire goal of life is just more money, more sex, more power, more fame, more glamour, you just blew and wasted your whole life. So here's the important question. This is the question that determines whether you're going to be a hero or a zero. Am I willing to stand alone for what is clearly right in the face of criticism, ridicule, or rejection? That's what it means to be a real hero. And the Bible is full of heroes who stood alone. I think of Abraham who stood alone against the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot didn't make it. I think of Noah who stood alone for 120 years building an ark 
getting ready for a flood when there's no ocean, no rain, and nobody had ever seen water except dew from the ground. Everybody ridiculed him. I think of Daniel, who took on the most powerful dictator in the known world, Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel said, I'm not going to worship you. And he refused to stop praying, even though it meant going into a lion's den. And he was willing to do it alone. I think of little Esther, that beautiful queen who could have kept quiet and said, it's none of my business, but she risked her own life to save her nation of people. She said what no man ever said, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going in. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to do something. Pretty sharp. She put her own neck on the line. She stood alone. I think of Moses, who single-handedly went before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. He's probably in his mind thinking, what am I doing? That'd be like going to North Korea to Kim Jong-un saying, let my people go. Now, you know, either God's going to deliver you or you're a dead man. Well, that's exactly what Moses knew. See, those are the marks of a hero. So what about you? God wants you. See, it's a choice. In every hero, you have to make a choice. They did, you do. And being a hero is potentially in every one of us. So real heroes are people who make choices, and the first choice, am I willing to stand alone for what's right when others are doing the wrong thing? Not just stand alone for your agenda, but for what's right, what's clearly Scripture, what's right. See, number two, real heroes make sacrifices for others. Now, a lot of people make sacrifices every day, but they do it for themselves. High achievers do it for all kinds of self-centered, selfish motives. A lot of entrepreneurs get up early, stay up late, sacrifice their health, their family, because they want to get rich. They're doing it for themselves. They're sacrificing, but it's for themselves. Actors, entertainers, sports heroes make sacrifices all the time. They want to get better so they can be more famous, so they can achieve more awards, make more money, or stand out against all the rest. But it's all for themselves. So do you see the difference between a celebrity and a hero? Heroes do the sacrificing for others, not for personal gain or glorification or personal wealth, but it's for others, sometimes even at their own loss. Now, uh, look, I admire people with great talent and great ability, whether it's athletic or entertainment. You got it. I mean, God gave every person a gift, a talent, a skill, something. And when you see it on display, it's a beautiful thing. I love to see that. But they're not heroes because they're doing it for themselves. They're not doing it to serve people. So an athlete or an entertainer only becomes a hero in what they do off the field are off the screen. Do they use any of that influence or money or fame for charity, for community service, or is it just for themselves? You get in the picture? See, they're not heroes until they sacrifice for other people. And thank God we have a few. Heroes put the needs of others ahead of their own. Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 26, I'm reading out of the Message Bible, whoever wants to be great must hire a good PR firm. No, sorry. That's today's culture. No, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. So God's values are exactly opposite of our world's values. 
The world says you owe it to yourself. Get what's best. You're number one. Look out for number one. You deserve it all. And God says, you want to be great in my kingdom. Learn to be the servant of all. Hey, let's honor some real heroes sitting in this service right now. Let me name a few categories. And when I do yours, just raise a hand. How about this? If you're a caregiver, you care for a child or an adult with special disability, or you care for someone with a prolonged illness or someone who is elderly, just raise your hand. Just raise it up here. Look at some heroes. We got a few here. Yeah. Or let's say you took a pay cut in order to serve as a missionary, a school teacher, a tutor, or to serve a Christian or nonprofit organization. Raise your hand. So you took a sacrifice, see? If you're a single parent, you're raising your children by yourself without the help of a spouse. Raise your hand, and God bless you. God bless you. If you put your life on the line for other people, like a fireman, law enforcement officer, or a battlefield in the military for our country, raise your hand. You're a hero to us. God bless you. If you're a volunteer, and you give of your time and effort to serve in one of our summit ministries, maybe you come to the office, answer phones, you help on a weekend or on a campus, raise your hand. We love you. We couldn't exist without you. Hey, this church was built on heroes. It didn't just happen. It was intentional. This campus didn't just happen by accident. People gave their sweat, blood, time, and effort and money. And because they believed the kingdom of God was the most important investment in the world, it's eternal. So your sacrifice might, in some cases, go unnoticed by other people, but it's never unnoticed by God. God says, great is your reward in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, he writes, for God is not unfaithful. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for others as you still do. Yep, God sees everything. And honestly, we don't need any more celebrities. The real important work gets done by heroes. God's greatest tool in blessing the world are these unsung heroes who willingly sacrifice, not for themselves, but for others. And that's true greatness. Andrew Carnegie in 1904 founded the Carnegie Hero Fund, which honors and recognizes everyday people, everyday heroes. In the last 100 years, over 8,000 Americans have been given the Carnegie Hero Medal. People like Michael David of South Carolina. Mike was driving by a neighborhood. He saw a house on fire. He doesn't know who these people are. He stopped, ran in, called out to see if anybody was inside. A 74-year-old woman responded that she was trapped and was screaming help. And Mike, a total bystander, had no connection in the community at all. He didn't say, it's none of my business. I'll wait on the fire department. He went inside, crawled on his hands and knees through the smoke-filled room until he found the woman, dragged her out to safety. He burned himself severely in the rescue, but he saved the old lady. That's a hero. See, Mike refused to use the biggest cop-out of the 21st century. It's none of my business. I'm not paid to do that. He sacrificed for others. See, there are people you've never heard of, but they gave their lives to save somebody else somebody who was drowning, somebody who was in a fire, somebody who was in an accident, somebody who was being attacked. They gave their lives to save somebody else. That's real heroism. Now, if you had somebody who gave their life for you, 
Wouldn't you tell others about it? Well, sure. Well, somebody did give their life for you, and his name was Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27 says, Jesus brought that sacrifice for the sins of all the people once for all when he sacrificed himself. He gave himself. The ultimate hero is Jesus because he made the ultimate sacrifice to save the world. You don't have to do something spectacular to be a hero. You don't have to give your life. In fact, everyday sacrifices matter. It's not the size of the sacrifice. It's the heart you put in it. In Matthew chapter 10, I think it's verse 42, the Lord says, even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will not lose your reward. There is a reward for that. Simply helping somebody, doing something for somebody. Heroes do the everyday sacrifices most people never see. Do it at home, do it at work, do it at school, do it in the neighborhood. They give a cup of cold water to somebody who's thirsty. They think of others, not themselves. So you don't have to be spectacular to be a hero. You just have to obey your wife when she asks you to put gas in the car and the light's on and it's laying on empty. <laughs> I lay my life down to go find a gas station and praying all the way, Jesus, turn those fumes into liquid. Please save me. I just threw that one in for the husbands. Or your teenage daughter, yeah. They don't know that the red light or the yellow light means stop. It means do not go further. Get help now. See, okay. We can't serve God directly. The way you serve God is by serving other people. And if you're not serving other people, you're not really serving God. It's impossible to serve God without helping others. That's the way you do it. So the big question is, is there anything in your life on a regular basis where you're sacrificially serving somebody else? No reward for it, nothing out of it. That's one of the things God put you on earth to do. That's what makes a hero. Proverbs 31, I love this one, verse 8 and 9. Proverbs 31, verse 8 and 9. Speak up for people who cannot speak up for themselves. Protect the rights of all who are helpless. Speak for them and protect the rights of the poor and the needy. Well, that's what heroes do. Now, how do you do that? First, become aware of those who can't speak for themselves because they're all around us all the time. Children, the elderly, those who are too sick, the unborn, the orphan, those with mental disabilities, retardation, the poor, the uneducated. All of those are people who can't speak up for themselves. So heroes speak out for those who can't speak out for themselves. They'd look out for them. They help them. You will never be remembered for what you get in life. When we have your funeral in this church or anywhere, nobody will read from the obituary how many square feet you had in your home, what neighborhood it was in, how expensive your uh, car was and how many, or your summer home at the lake or at the beach. Nobody cares. What they will want to hear is what you did for other people. What a friend you were. What a great person you were. That's all they will remember. See, you're only remembered for what you gave, not what you get. If we only focus our entire life on getting more, more fame, more money, more comfort, more success, more fulfillment, then we miss the whole point of life. There's nothing wrong with having something nice. Not at all. But I'm not giving my life to that. What really is important is what am I giving? What am I doing to help anybody else? 
That's all. So real heroes stand alone for what's right. Real heroes make sacrifices for others. And last, number three, real heroes take risks for God. Take risks for God. Not foolish risk, not stupid risk, calculated risk in faith to obey God. They defy the odds. They're not afraid to go out on a limb. They risk failure. They risk rejection. They risk criticism. And it's not risk for risk's sake. It's risk for God. It's to do something he's called us to do when we don't feel able, competent, or adequate. A lot of people take stupid and foolish risks for their own pleasure. But real heroes take those risks for God. So why don't more people do it? Well, two reasons. One, stay comfortable. And second, we're afraid of being hurt. Don't Don't want to fail. You know, a safe life is a boring and wasted life. God never meant for you to live a safe life. Why do you think X Games are so popular with young, young adults and people? It's got risk in it. You're going to break some bones. You're going to shatter a bone, a knee, an ankle. You're going to get a concussion. It's got risk in it, but it's got great reward as people cheer and watch you flip on that little 24-inch board or something. They love it. They love risk. They lo- I mean... I- Do you really want somebody that just wants to sit home and play checkers? (laughs) Dad, when are we going to play chess again? Come on. No. I want to get a, a, I got a bicycle and put a clothespin on it with a playing card so it makes a noise like a motor. (laughs) Then you're going to get that little scooter. You got to get a little moped or something. Then you're going to get you a Harley or something. And then you're going to get a a car or a sports car or something you can drive in. We like, we like our, Hair set on fire in the wind. We, we like the music up loud. We want something to stimulate us. <laughs> When's the last time you got stimulated? You're right. The average life doesn't have any. If you, don't take, if you take a risk for God, I guarantee you, it'll do a lot of things for you. you, you you'll say you, you won't sleep all day. You'll get up. You'll pray a whole lot because if God doesn't come through, you're sunk. You'll, you say, well, I, don't, I really don't know how to pray good. Yes, because you ain't ever taken a risk. Take a risk. You, oh, it'll just come to you. I heard about a preacher in the country who was riding his bicycle, and he saw this kid on the corner of this little small community had, his, uh, had a bicycle uh, lawnmower for sale. And the preacher stopped and says, young man, how much do you want for that lawnmower? I need one. The boy says, well, actually, I, I need this much, but I really need a bicycle. And the preacher says, well, look, how about I trade you my bike, so that's what you want, for your lawnmower. That's what I want. And the kid said, okay. So they traded. And the preacher got out and pulled that rope and pulled that rope and pulled that rope, and it wouldn't start. And he shouted at the kid to come back on the bicycle. He said, son, this, this lawnmower won't start. And the kid said to the preacher, he said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. You got to cuss at it to make it start. <laughs> the preacher said, son, I hadn't cussed in 20 years. I've forgotten how. The kid said, oh, don't worry about it, preacher. You keep pulling on that rope. It'll come back to you. It'll, it'll. Well, I'll tell you what. If you take a risk for God, you'll pray. If you take a financial risk in your giving, if you take a career risk in your business, you'll pray. And you'll find scriptures related to it. You'll memorize them. You'll say them every day out loud, all day. 
You won't need anybody to try to beg you to come to prayer meeting or that you should pray. You will pray easy because you know you're hanging by a wire, and if God doesn't come through, you're sunk. It's right. A safe life is a boring life. You never open yourself up to the possibility of being hurt, then you'll never know the meaning of real love. If you never open yourself to the possibility of being uncomfortable, you'll never know your full God-given potential. Every time God took somebody to a new level, it was uncomfortable. It was scary. Launch a business for yourself, it's scary. What if, what if I don't make it? <laughs> As though you don't know the answer to that. But what if you never tried? To me, that's worse. Just try. God's plan for your life will always involve some discomfort and some hurt so you can enjoy the blessing of all that he has in mind for you. Luke 19, verse 26 in the Message Bible. Listen to this. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe, you'll end up holding the bag. Wow. The Apostle Paul almost single-handedly spread Christianity over the known world, the Roman Empire. He did it by himself. He was unstoppable and always in trouble. Doesn't that sound encouraging? Look at his biography in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. This is Paul's own words. I've worked harder, been put in jail more often, been whipped more times without number. I faced death again and again. In fact, five times I was given 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned with rocks. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I drifted in the open sea all night and the entire next day. I've traveled many weary miles and often been in danger from flooded rivers, from robbers, and from my own people. I faced grave dangers from mobs in cities and from death in the deserts and in stormy seas and from men who claim to be brothers in Christ but are not. I've lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Often I've been hungry and thirsty and gone without food, and often I've shivered with coal without enough clothing to keep me warm. So how was your day? <laughs> See, we think, oh, the apostle glows in the dark. Are you reading that? I mean, easy life. It was an in, in influential life. It was a life of extraordinary potential. But, oh, the price. There's no Kmart blue light markdown special for a great life, a great destiny. It involves some risk. Everybody that changed the world had to risk. How did we get rid of rotary phones and go to a, a smartphone, a handheld phone? Remember the old walkie-talkie phones by Motorola? Looked like World War II calling in fire on an enemy position. I had one of those. I, re I remember that. Now you can't find a pay phone anywhere. They're gone. You can't find a booth anywhere. It's gone. You can't find a Blockbusters anywhere. It's gone. Taxis are diminishing because now we got Uber and Lyft and uh, the other things. You just watch everything around us change because somebody had an idea. It upset the status quo. People criticized it. They criticized Elon Musk for trying to believe he could sell an electric car, and now every car manufacturer makes one. Yeah, for some of you old critics, yeah. Of course, my grandmother never believed anybody ever walked on the moon, and some of you probably don't either, but... It, it, <laughs> It's like you, you can't change the world. You can't change your life if you don't take a risk. You can't change anything. If you keep doing the same thing, you keep getting the same results, right? If you want something you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. So if you're going to keep complaining about it, shut up or do it. Go for it. 
then we'll know. Give it a, give it a shot, right? Ask somebody out, you old single guy. Ask, ask somebody. Don't ask somebody warm and breathing. Ask the person you want. What if they say no? Well, ask again. Later, keep on asking until you find something better or they get taken. Ask again. Man, you just quit too easy. We just quit too easy. Well, it didn't work. Oh, boy, you're a rock of Gibraltar. God, God says keep on knocking, keep on, uh, on asking, and you keep on finding. It's in the present Greek continuous tense. See, Christianity is not for fearful people, not real Christianity. Not Bible Christianity. It's for people who are willing to take a risk for God. Now, again, not foolish, but a a calculated risk. What motivated Paul to do all this kind of stuff, to keep going? Here's the answer. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 30 in the message. Why do you think I keep risking my neck in this dangerous work? Why do I look death in the face practically every day I live? Do you think I'd do this if I wasn't convinced of your resurrection and mine as guaranteed by the resurrected Jesus? So do you think I was just trying to act heroic? Not on your life. It's the resurrection that undergirds what I do and say and the way I live. Paul says, I know there's more to life than here and now. I'm focused on eternity, not just being comfortable now. Comfort is not the goal of my life, he said. As Helen Keller said, life is a daring adventure or nothing at all. Life is preparation for eternity. Paul goes on to say in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, if we will never live again after we die, then we might as well have ourselves a good time. Let's eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? For tomorrow we die, and that ends everything. And then he adds, don't be fooled by people who say such stupid things. See, most bored Christian men are bored because they're not taking any risk. They just play life on the baby beach, the wading pool with the floaties instead of deep water where the real action is. They live a no-risk life. Yeah, you can go to heaven, but what a boring life. You just got to have a little excitement. Yeah, you do, a little bit. I like spicy mustard. And the older you get, the less your taste buds react. You need a little more stimulant. <laughs> spicy. I love spicy or whatever. Okay. Do something with the talent God's given you people. Don't just blow your life, your talent, and your resources on you. In Mark 8, Jesus said, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you're going to lose it. But if you live up your life for my sake and the sake of the kingdom, you're going to find true life. So for whose sake are you living? I close with this illustration. John Borden was the son of multimillionaire William Borden. He graduated from Yale University. He stunned his wealthy family and classmates by dedicating his life to Christ and spreading the gospel all the way to China. None of his friends could understand why this guy would set aside the comforts of his affluence for the rigors of China. But John Borden believed there was nothing more important than sharing the message of Christ. So on his way to China, he contracted spinal meningitis, and he died in Cairo, Egypt. On his deathbed, he still found joy in the risk he had taken. And on the bedside table, he had penned a note that people picked up after his death that said, no reserve, no retreat, no regret. Borden's willingness to risk everything for Jesus had an impact far beyond the boundaries of his own life. 
So I guess the question is, will we take our time, our talent, our treasure, and act as God's risk takers, or will we not? And those who take that risk can live with the satisfaction for a lifetime that they also had no reserve, no retreat, and no regret. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray you'll raise up an army of heroic men and women in this church family. Everybody today, would you pray out loud this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, help me to have the courage to stand up and speak up for what is right, even if I'm alone. Help me this week to look for opportunities to make sacrifices for other people. Thank you for sacrificing yourself for me. Help me take risks in faith this week for you. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.